0: Good morning, morning. and thank you, Lucas, for that good reading. We're going to be coming to that shortly, Lord willing. Just wondered if you've ever thought about what's keeping your heart beating right now? I'm not talking about those little electrical impulses that apparently are starting in the brain because what what keeps your brain going? What keeps anything going? Thinking about your heart, if you have an average heartbeat, that's 60 beats a minute. How many beats is that in an hour? Well, that's 60 times 60. Do the math. I'm seeing a nurse grin at me back there. She's thinking, "That's 300 3,600. 3, I wrote it down, didn't I? Yeah, I better write it down. 3,600 beats in an hour. In an hour? 3,600 beats in an hour. In a day. Well, you multiply that by 24. That's 86,400 beats in a day. How long is a week? I used to think a week was a long time. It's gone that fast now. But in a week's time, your heart beats 604,800 times. And in a year, 31,449,600 times in one year, your heart beats if you have an average heartbeat of 60 beats per minute. How many of those heartbeats... Did you cause no i 'm not asking how many times you asked you, you caused somebody else's heart to beat, but how many of your own heartbeats did you cause? because I can't remember causing a single one of mine, and yet my heart is still beating something or someone is keeping it going, and you know I 'm not talking about a something I 'm talking about a someone now, I know our our body is a system. It's been put together, but it was given life by God, and God is the one who keeps that life going. And that's one of the things I want to talk about today, that we are desperately in need of God's blessing. Every hour, every moment of every hour, we need him watching over us and keeping us going, because it's not just the physical body we need help with. You and I have no way to even think about touching our spiritual selves as far as adding life to that spirit to give them eternal life, as Jesus promised. Everything's dependent upon God, is it not? Our physical life, our physical existence, our spiritual life, our spiritual existence, our home in heaven that's waiting for us, that He's prepared. Everything waits on Him. How dependent is a baby? A little baby comes into this world just like you or me. We don't feed ourselves. We don't diaper ourselves. No, we can soil ourselves and wet ourselves. That's about it. And we don't have any control over that either, do we? How old do you have to be before you can start taking care of yourself? And it's interesting, we come into this world as babies not being able to take care of ourselves, And somewhere along the way, maybe between eight to twelve, somewhere along in there, maybe a little earlier for some, a little later for some, we get this idea, I'm going to run away from home. Now it doesn't matter how good you've got it at home, almost every child at some point decides I want to run away from home, but why do you want to run away from home? Any child would probably answer exactly the same because they don't do things the way I want to do things at home. And almost any child, no matter how good you've got it, could answer that same way. We want to do things our own way, don't we? That doesn't change when we get older. It's the same way with God. And who would you go to? If you ran away from home, who would you go to who would give you a better home? Nobody better than God. Nobody else is keeping you alive right now. physically or spiritually. Everything about us is dependent on him. And if you really understand what we're talking about, you wouldn't have it any other way. You want God to be your master. You want God to be your provider. You want God to be the one upon whom you depend because you're going to depend on someone. You may think it's yourself, You may think it's some other entity in the world or in the universe. But all of us depend on God constantly, whether we know it or not. What was it Paul said to those on Mars Hill? In him, we live and move and have our very being. Those three points he made very well about God. Talking to those idolaters on Mars Hill. So we are desperate. We have nowhere else to turn no one else to turn to except god we are destitute totally destitute if you think about what the bible teaches us about ourselves we are all criminals we are criminals and we've either been forgiven or we are awaiting our sentence (laughs) through the blood of christ we can be forgiven but i'm still just a forgiven criminal that is who i am i'm a sinner i deserve to die but God is keeping me alive 60 beats a minute at a time or so, whatever your heart rate is. God's the one who's always been the giver of the blessing. If you go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, I want you to read with me the first eight verses of Deuteronomy 28. What what we're reading here Is God's instruction to Moses about when the Israelites come into the promised land. When they come into the promised land, Moses, I want you to lay this out, that this is what I want my people to do when they come into the promised land. And this is it. You're going to get on Mount Gerizim, half of the people, Mount Gerizim, half of the people on Mount Ebal, and you're going to pronounce blessings for those who keep the law and curses for those who do not keep the law and all the people will repeat these blessings and these cursings whether you're on Mount Gerizim or Mount Ebal so here's what we read about the blessings Well, we always want to gravitate towards the blessings don't we well this this lesson is called desperate for a blessing not desperate for a curse so here we are, Deuteronomy 28.1. It shall be, if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. You do what I say, I'm going to set you above all nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. I like the way he says that these blessings will come upon you and they will overtake you. It's like, what's that coming up behind us? Oh, those are blessings. Oh, man, we're washed over with blessings. That's what he's, that's, that's the imagery that I'm getting when I read this. They're going to come upon you and overtake you and overtake you with, with blessings. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord might say it today, blessed shall you be in your grocery cart. Wherever you shop, it's going to be full. In and out, you're going to have blessings. The Lord shall cause your enemies... Oh, did y'all not hear that? (laughs) Let's go back to verse 1. Thank you, Charles. I saw him coming out of the corner of my eye and I figured he's bringing me another glass of water. Well, do I sound that bad? Well, no, I don't sound at all. But you can read this for yourself. I hope you were reading that as I was standing out there mouthing the words, apparently to some of you. because to... Anyway, you see what he's saying. Blessings. 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 Blessings for what? Blessings for keeping my law. It's just like James said. I know this is Old Covenant, Old Testament. It's like, oh, that's old stuff, Marty. No, it's it's old, but it's the same way God works today. What did James say? Draw near to God and what's going to happen? He's going to draw near to you all the time. What did Jesus say when he preached the Sermon on the Mount? He said, seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. That's the same thing that's being said here. You keep my law and I'm going to bless you. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things are going to be added to you. But what were all those things he was talking about? He's talking about food and clothing, all the things we normally worry about. Jesus said, you seek my kingdom first. I'm going to make sure you have all that stuff. That's the same thing we're reading in Deuteronomy 28. Because God has always worked the same way with his people. You and I have no other one to go to for a blessing. And we need it desperately, whether we realize it or not. And he says, I want to give it to you. I love you so much. I want you to have these things. That's the way God has always been. That's the way he will always be. And so we're seeking a blessing and we go to him for it. Because he's the one who provides. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 1. This is a, a letter written... ...to Christians who've become Christians out of a Hebrew background... ...and they're being tempted to go back to the old ways, to the old law. And the writer is trying to convince them that Jesus is the only way. And this is how he starts this letter to them. He says, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets... ...in many portions and in many ways. This is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. says, In these last days has spoken to us in his Son whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the world. He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature and upholds all things by the word of His power. Did you get that? Jesus Christ upholds all things by the word of His power. So back to that original question. Why is your heart still beating? Because Jesus wants it to keep beating. The beating of your heart is no small thing to him. And it's not too minor a detail for him to look into and watch over. What did Jesus say? Not a one sparrow falls to the ground. Unless your father knows about it. And You're of more value than many sparrows. Yeah, he knows about your heart beating. And it's beating right now because he wants it to keep beating. That's why. And one of these days, he will decide. Just like for me. All right, Marty. This will be the day you'll have your last heartbeat, And I should be able to look to him through my faith and say, I'm good with that, Lord. If that's your decision, I'm good with that. Because the blessings that we read about, that we think about for this life, are nothing compared to the blessings that he has prepared for us in the next. These blessings we see through the eye of flesh. And we do our best to enjoy them. Even though we're, we're strapped by the flesh and burdened by the flesh and by the way things are in this world. But in that world. And if we just got a glimpse of it. We'd be desperate for that. That's what we would want with our heart and I believe we do. So he's saying everything is upheld by the word of his power. But if you look back at Colossians it says the same thing. And I like to read a couple of passages that talk about these things. Because one to me sometimes is not enough. I like to read... Uh, A little bit more, get a little bit of a a different view of the way it is. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1 verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Very similar to what he had said in Hebrews 1. Then he says, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. You trying to hold it together? You can't hold it together unless he holds you together. (laughs) He's the one who holds all things together. You ever look up in the sky at night and wonder, how is all that stuff still there and how does it stay there and... How come we haven't been bumped into by another planet or an asteroid? And when you start researching the way things are that that have been discovered, our our Earth has a gravitational field, but it also has a a magnetic field. And the moon revolving around us has gravity and and magnetism, and the planets have gravity and magnetism. And it's it's as if it's a, a system designed to keep a bunch of stuff away from us. It pulls it away from us, and we are... Pretty safe here in our little solar system. And what keeps it safe? How come the earth is so reliable in its spin? You don't go to bed at night thinking, well, I wonder what time it'll be daylight in the morning. No, you, you go to the farmer's almanac. Farmer's almanac will tell you when the, when the sun's coming up in the morning. It's pretty reliable. I've used it for years. When's the sun going to go down? Same thing. The one thing I can't depend on, though, is gravity. It seems like as the years go by, it just gets stronger and stronger. How about you guys? Well, no, it's the same, isn't it? It's always the same. That's the way it works. That's a promise God made Noah when he stepped off the ark. Sunshine, rain, harvest, sowing, all that's going to continue until I come back. The last time. That was a promise God made through Noah in Genesis chapter 8. Still in place. 2 Peter chapter 3. Now, this is very close to the passage that Luke read for us, and so we're going to go from 2 Peter chapter 3 back to the text in 1 Peter, but this is what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. I wanted to read the context, but I read a lot of context and take up a lot of time, so I'm just going to give you the meat of this when it's in chapter 3 of 2 Peter, verse 7. But by his word the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire. That's why everything is still working the way it is. That's why the moon still orbits the earth. That's why the stars are still in their places. Everything here and in the heavens is reserved until God's day of judgment. That's what Peter is telling us through the Holy Spirit. It's reserved for the fire, kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. I ever I wonder sometimes if God ever is He's waiting because to him it will be a sad thing to destroy this creation. What did he say about the creation when it was all done there in Genesis chapter 1? It's very good, very good creation. And then sin messed everything up. And so because of that sin, he's got to come back and it's at some point going to have to destroy it all. Destroy it all except for those who put their faith in me. Those I'm gonna make a special home that's not gonna be like this one. And that's what we have waiting for us. Now you and I can't touch that. We can't accomplish that, but God can, and He says, I'm gonna do it for you. Here's all I want from you. I want your faith. I want your faith. Are you looking for God's blessing in this life here? go, go to that text that Lucas read for us in 1 Peter chapter 3. It's not complicated. It's never been complicated. This is what Peter said. This is what Lucas read for us. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8. To sum up, all of you be harmonious. What's that mean? It means get along. Be in harmony with one another. Like Paul would write uh, in, in, back in Romans. He said, inasmuch as lies within you, live at peace with one another. Be harmonious. Get along. Sympathetic. What's that mean? Well, somebody's hurting hurt with them. Sometimes you can move beyond sympathy and go to empathy because the way they're hurting, you've already hurt that way. And so you can feel with them, not just feel for them. Brotherly, kind hearted, humble in spirit. He, he just keeps going with these kinds of attributes, not Returning evil for evil or insult for insult, which is the way this world trains us to be. But giving a blessing instead. Just like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the other one to him. Somebody steals from you, offer him something else that you've got. They compel you to go a mile, go two miles. That is some radical stuff. But if you believe in Jesus, what do you do? Peter believed in Jesus. He's writing it down again for us. And then he quotes scripture to say this is why. Because this ancient truth is still the truth. This is a modern truth. This is a timeless truth. This is what it says. The one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek Peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Isn't that a great thought to think that God is looking for you? You're trying to be righteous and he's looking for you. It's not just a thought. It's a reality. He wants to bless you. Just like those on Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. Reading the blessings and the curses. God wants to bring us the blessings. The blessings. All the time. And so he says, this is how you do it. You want life? You want love? You want good days? Be careful how you talk to people. Be careful what you say. Don't be ugly. Don't be hateful. Don't tell lies. Turn away from what's evil. Do what's good. Seek peace. Pursue it. Pursue peace. Yeah, Some people ask me, what do you like to do? Well, I say, oh, oh, I like to hunt. Well, you know, you think about it. I, I don't really hunt. I wait. I get up in a tree and I wait. Because I'm not any good at hunting. I'm too noisy. I'm too big. They see me coming. They hear me. They smell me. Yeah, they'll smell you too. And so I wait. But this says, seek peace Pursue peace. How do you pursue peace? How do you chase after peace? You do these things. Why would we do it? Because we're desperate for a blessing. If we understood how desperate we are in the presence of God, that we have nothing to offer Him except what He gives us to do, we are the only way the world can be blessed through Him. we got to do this. Live this. And I... I, I I love One of the reasons I love this congregation so much is because when I come among you, this is what I see. This is what I hear. These things. But I know it's a challenge for us out there. We come in here, it's like, yeah, this is the place. Nobody's going to talk bad in here because we're at church. Nobody's going to say anything bad. Nobody's going to do anything bad. We're at church. Well, most of the time they won't say or do anything bad. It's out there. That's where it really makes the difference. Of course we should be that way in here. But out there is where it counts. We've got to pursue peace while we're in the world. And this is how we do it. We do the things that he says here. Proverbs chapter 3. Are you familiar with Proverbs chapter 3? If you're not, I want to familiarize you with it. This is a a passage that a lot of people know, but everybody should know it. Because if you want a blessing from God, you need to understand what Solomon is saying here. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. Well, no, back up. Verse chapter 3 and verse 1. Solomon says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for, get this, for length of days. You want to live long? Length of days and years of life and peace. Do you want to have peace? What good's a long life if you don't have any peace? You need peace with a long life. But if you want a long life and you want peace, listen to what Solomon says. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. That's how to keep them from leaving you. You bind them around your neck. You tie them on. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. You ever felt like you were walking a crooked path? Just always something happening. God will make your path straight. Now he's not saying, oh, your life's going to be easy. But it'll be straight. You'll know what to do. You'll know how to behave. You'll know how to speak to people. I think that's what he's talking about here. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Why are bones important? Because bones contain the marrow. What happens in the marrow? The marrow makes your blood. What's in the blood? Your life is in the blood. See how this works? Do what the Lord teaches you to do. It's going to be healing to your body, refreshment to your bones, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all you produce. Now in that day, they would have thought about their crops and their herds and their, their orchards. And they would have thought about everything that all that stuff produces. But now it's money. We just have money. And he says, honor the Lord with that. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be overflow with new wine. He says, you want to prosper? Follow the Lord. Live his way. He'll make sure you have what you need. That's what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and what? All these things will be added to you. If we understand how desperately we need the blessing, then we will set about seeking it as the Lord teaches us to here. One last text from Psalms, close together to hear the Proverbs. I was telling one of the young men this week over at North MacArthur. We were talking about preaching and putting sermons together. And I said, you're going to find... One of the hardest things to do is to figure out what you're not going to put in a sermon. It's not finding something to talk about. It's deciding what you're not going to put in there. And that's the same problem I have. I got other texts, but I'm going to make this one the last one for today. Psalm 37. David says, David writes, about 3,000 years ago, by the way, Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. How about that? Cultivate faithfulness. You want peppers? What do you got to do? Where do you go to store and buy them? Not in David's day. You had to grow them. Put that seed in the ground. Put it in a place where you know it's going to get the right amount of sun for peppers. You've got to find some information so you know what to do. Put enough water on them. They get sunshine, they get water. Cultivate them. Keep the weeds out. Take care of your garden. And that's what he's saying about faith. Cultivate it. Work at it. Do something to help it along. And you'll be blessed in the doing of it. Isn't that an interesting idea to cultivate faithfulness? And then he says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and what's going to happen? He will give you the desires of your heart. Now that, I really, I don't know of a more interesting, fascinating text in all the Bible than that one right there. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Do you even know what the desires of your heart are? You might think you know until he actually gives you what they are. And then you go, oh, this is what I really wanted. How do you delight yourself in the Lord? Well, one of the ways I think you do it is no matter what happens, good or bad, you take it to him. Something bad happens, talk to the Lord about it. Something good happens, talk to the Lord about it. Nothing happens at all. Talk to the Lord about it. He's the one you go to. We only go to people in whom we delight. It works that way here. And I'm, I'm, I'm not criticizing anybody. But when the closing prayer said, don't you gravitate towards people in here that you like? And don't tell me, even among brothers and sisters, don't tell me there's not somebody in here that you'll look at him. and go, Oh, I hope I didn't make eye contact because I'm going to have to go over there and talk to them. I really don't want to. Now, we know it shouldn't be that way. But we also know the reality of being human beings. It is that way. I think about that. Maybe what, what should we do about that? Hmm. Seek peace. Pursue it. Where would I read that? Boy, there's a lot of ways to seek blessings. And if you know how desperate you are for them, those things you'll do. We've read them this morning. You know more than what we've read. Need to bring this lesson to a conclusion. And you know what happens at the end of a lesson. We have this invitation thing. But you know what I'm inviting you to do? I'm inviting you to do what we just read because I want you to have the blessing that these passages talk about. Keep the way of the Lord, walk in His light, do what He says, Talk to Him about what happens and what doesn't happen, what's good and what's bad, whatever you assume it to be, take it to the Lord, talk to Him. Seek peace, pursue it. Love your brothers and sisters. All these things we can do and we know to do, and, and really, there's no secret. So we're going to stand and sing a song of encouragement and invitation. And to do these things, you don't have to come forward. But there might be some reason you want to come down here and talk to us. Maybe you, you're not in Christ. You want to talk to us about obeying the gospel. I want to talk to you about that. Other people in here want to talk to you about that. Maybe you need the prayers of this congregation. If, if you need those prayers, we want to know about it. So that's what this song is for. That's what this invitation is for. Let us know. If you don't want to come forward, don't worry about that. Song will be over soon. Prayer will be over soon. Talk to us then. Amen. We're inviting you to do that anytime, not just during the song. So let's stand and sing.